when Ebenezer Talks, Sunday Conversations with Pastor Milton Bunting. Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 26, reads this way. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions, so that Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. I want to preach this morning or this afternoon now from the subject, I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling with my faith. Let me preface, Dominique, everything that I'm going to try to say today by suggesting to you that I am not preaching to anybody on the yard that already has the testimony that my faith is intact. I'm not preaching to anybody that already thinks in their warped mind that you have it all together and no matter what calamity, situation, problem, or predicament that comes before you, that you testify, I can handle whatever is thrown at me. But for the conservation and brevity of time, I want to suggest that I'm preaching or trying to preach to the persons who find themselves constantly struggling with having faith in the midst of what you see. My brothers and sisters, I don't know how you feel about it, but as for me, I struggle with staying faithful. Now, I'm not talking about being faithful to your loved one or being faithful to your sweetie, being faithful to your parent, being faithful to being punctual on your job. I'm not talking about that kind of faithfulness. I'm not talking about the kind of faithfulness that we talk about as it relates to denomination. I am a faithful Baptist, Baptist born, Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be a Baptist dead. I'm not talking about faithfulness to a denomination. I'm not even talking about being faithful to, to you taking your medicine on time. I'm talking about being uh, having a, a faith that trusts God in the midst of what you see. And I know it's about 10 of y'all out here today that struggle with staying or having faith versus what you see and what you hear. My brothers and sisters, I want to deal with this today because we cannot go back in there unless we have tapped into that part of our spiritual life where our faith is constantly and continuously intertwined with the almighty God. Now, let me park here uh, for a moment before I deal with what's on this paper here and suggest I'm not preaching to you trying to get you to stop watching television. 
This sermon has nothing to do with your news channel preference. I'm not trying to get you, uh, this sermon is not designed to get you to go against uh, the orders of the governor or the CDC. I'm trying to get you and I to put our faith in God in the midst of what we're facing. And I use the word we because we all in this thing together. We all going to sink or swim together. We all going to go back in or stay back out together. We all are in this together. But while we're in it together, we ought to exemplify what we sing about. We ought to exemplify what we shout about. We ought to exemplify what we give about. And here we are today. Here we are. Looking at this man named uh, Jacob. And we all understand now that Jacob struggled uh, all of his life. Yeah. Now let me, let me point it out to you. Biblically speaking, at birth, Jacob struggled with Esau. Uh-huh. Then in chapter 31 of Genesis, he struggled with Laban. Then, right before he was to reconnect uh, with Esau, he had the struggle of his life. Yeah. Many biblical commentators, TJ, suggest that once he, this man, grasped his brother's heel and clung to the bodily form of a living God. Yeah. Some people say, Quintavion, you know this, that Jacob's wrestling opponent was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. While others say he was an angel sent from God. Jacob struggled, my brothers and sisters, with the manifestation of God himself. And who are you struggling with today? Who are you, Ebenezer, struggling with? What has you pinned down for the count? What or who is it today that has it finds yourself, you find yourself wrestling with in such a manner that every now and then you don't know whether you're going to get the one, two, three count or not. For most of us today, Patricia, for most if not all of us, it's our faith. And Jacob shows us in a very strange way how to find victory when you struggle in faith. Now, I want to park here again because I need y'all to understand the seriousness of this subject. Some of us just don't have any faith. Let me say it again. Some of us, for whatever reason, don't have the faith that we appear to have. Now, 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 now here's my problem with that. Here's my problem. I'm going to meddle just for a little while because it's not too, I don't want to meddle with some of y'all. I'm 44. And I can honestly say, my faith looks up to thee. Not because I've had such a rough and ratchet life because I've lived a privileged life from a privileged family. So I don't really know a lot about 
struggle. But I do know what it is to have a mother and father who taught me to not be so concerned about what the world does, but, but hold on to the unchanging hand of God because no matter how dark it looks, God still has power. Here's the problem I have, Evelyn. I know some people who are older than me who testify about how long they've been in the Lord's house. I've been, you know that song, the Pentecostal sing, I've been walking with Jesus for a mighty long time and I'm not tired yet. And they sing it with such power. They sing it with such exuberance. But, but when you look at their life, when you look at their actions, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about adultery, fornication. This ain't that kind of sermon. I'm talking about just believing God to be a provider. Just believing that God will take care of you. Just believing that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And you listen to their conversation. You know what conversation it is. Oh, I don't know whether I'm going to get through this. Oh, I don't know whether I can go back in there because this, that, and the third. The devil is a liar. If God be for me, who in the world can be against me? Why is it so hard, my brothers and sisters, to believe that God is truly a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Jacob shows us that God's faithfulness, even in the midst of our struggle, he's still faithful. Jacob teaches us today that, that, that even when times don't look good, we serve a God that will drive and navigate us through those dark moments. And I want to park here today, Clarence, and suggest to somebody that no matter how scared you might be because of corona, no matter how fearful you might be because of what the doctor said, no matter what may be going on in your life, you can get the victory with this wrestling match because you serve a God that can take you through. And I ought to be able to stop fat boy and check his and catch his breath and suggest to somebody that you remember when you were struggling. You remember what the doctor said. You remember what the lawyer said. You remember the tears you shed all night long. You remember how you were so depressed and downtrodden. You remember all of the hell you were going through, but you remained faithful to God and God remained faithful to you and now your testimony is your soul looks back and wonders. You don't even have to wonder. You know what brought you over. So yeah, I got a problem, Violet. With folk that say they don't, they got an issue, they scared, they this. How you going to be scared and be a child of God? How you going to testify about what a friend we have in Jesus and you talking about fear and scaredness in the same sentence about Jesus being your friend? Baby, if Jesus is your friend, you have nothing to fear. Two things going to lift our attention. I'm going to get out your hat. First thing, if I'm going to struggle with my faith, I need to understand why is it such 
a struggle. Why is it having faith in God such a struggle? I mean, you read your Bible and you, you see what he did to blind Bonamass. You see what he did to the woman with the issue of blood. You see what he did to Peter's mother-in-law. You see how he took care of Daniel in the lion's den. You see what he did for Noah on the cruise ship. You see what he did for Ezekiel with the big wheel and the little wheel. Big wheel run by faith. Little wheel run by the word of God. You see what he did for all of them. Then you see what it did for your mother who raised five head of children off of 10 cents a day. Yeah, TJ, you don't know nothing about that. You see what he did for your father who struggled because he had arthritis on the right side, but he went in the, in the puckwood plant and worked every day for 40 years as if he had his mobility 100%. You see what he did for your grandmother. How when your mother died, she took all five of y'all and raised each one of y'all by herself. So if you got testimony about all of that, how in the world can you be afraid? How in the world can you say, I don't have enough faith? How in the world can you declare, I'm going to wrestle, but I don't know whether I'm going to win? I watched wrestling as a child. One of my favorite wrestlers was a bad guy. And that's understandable for me. But this was the flamboyant Ric Flair. Ric Flair was undoubtedly my favorite wrestler. His testimony was diamonds are forever. And so are the four horsemen. I wish I had time to talk about him because his, his theme music mesmerized me. His dressing style, he never had a robe and the boots didn't match. When he came to the ring, you didn't know whether he was coming for a fashion show or whether he was coming for a fight. And you know what else I like about him? Some of the church folk ain't gonna like this. He always knew how to win no matter what. But you never heard Ric Flair say, I don't know whether I can beat Dusty Rhodes. I never remember on a Saturday evening laying in my mother's floor. I don't remember hearing Ric Flair say, I don't know whether I can beat Barry Windham. I don't know whether I can beat Lex Luger. That was before Lex Luger became a horseman. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing Ric Flair say when he, when he wrestled the infamous Hulk Hogan whether I could beat him. I always heard him say, styling and profiling. I always watched him declare that nobody could come in the ring and beat Ric Flair because Ric Flair was the greatest who ever stood. And that's a testimony to all of us today. If God is in our corner and if God is for us, we ought to be able to get through the struggles that we face. Two things I want to lift today as it relates to the question of why is it such a struggle for us? Two things. Two things I want to lift today. The first thing is having faith is a struggle because, watch this, I want you to get it, because we focus on the secular instead of the saving power of God. First thing here, look at it. Jacob never allowed his secular struggles 
with his family members, with his uncle, with, his, with the people that were against him, with his brother. He never allowed that to retract him from his belief in God. Look at verse 20, 24. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him all night long. Verse 25, when the man saw, watch this, that he could not overpower him. So the man, the opponent that Jacob was wrestling with realized at some point in time between the beginning of the match and daybreak that I can't beat this man. Now, here's the Bible study for you today. What was it about Jacob that shined in the eyes of his opponent that made him realize he could not beat him? The opponent saw Jacob's faith in God. Jacob was not going to allow his opponent to subdue him because he knew he had somebody serving as a divine advocate. And that's what I want to stop by and let somebody know today. No matter what you're facing, you've got a divine advocate. No matter what you're dealing with, Barbara, you've got a divine advocate. No matter, Leola, how rough, how hard, how, how tough it may be, how rough it may look, no matter what the doctor says, we serve a God who can help us faithfully navigate through the struggles of life. Jacob wrestled with this angel. He wrestled with him all night long. Jacob had to believe that he could overpower and beat his opponent. He had to have faith in God's saving power because if he did not, he would have given up. And that's another thing I need you to understand. Look at all this other stuff the Lord then brought us through. This might be the first time we've ever heard of Corona. Some folks say it's on the back of the Listerine, the uh, Lysol bottle. I don't know whether it is or not. But this is the first time we've been through this kind of thing right here. But look at when mama died. Look at when grandmama went on. Look at when your money got funny. And you had one child already in college. One child on the way and one child in Pampers. Am I on anybody's street today? Look at when the doctor walked in and shook his head about your loved one that you had loved all your life and, and the doctor said, I've done all I know how to do. Look at when you were the one in the bed and the doctor shook his head and said, I don't know what else I can do for you. But then look at what God did because of your faith. Look at what God preached, Palmer, what God did because of you having faith in God. You can't tell me that serving God won't pay off. You can't tell me that if you've got faith in God, that God will not see you through. In our moments of struggle, we have to have faith. And we got to believe that the God we serve is going to see us through. For all the note takers on the yard, you, you can't look at the secular. Quintavion, you cannot 
You cannot look at what the world says about a five-minute sermon. You cannot look at what other preachers may say about you ought not do it. You, you can't look, TJ, at what the world defines as what you ought to do and where you ought to go. You cannot, Dominique, look at what the secular world says about who you ought to be, but you ought to look unto God. Come on, Bible readers. I need some Bible readers. Look unto him who's, who is the author and finisher of our... You can't pay attention to the suggestions of the world because here it is, my brothers and sisters. The world will tell you that you ought to close up shop. The world will tell you that this religious buffoonery doesn't mean anything. The world will tell you that no matter where you go, ain't nothing going to become good of it. There's a movie that I've seen called The Mist. And in that movie, it's a group of people get locked in a grocery store. And there's a lady in the grocery store who's a bootleg preacher. And after they see this monster outside and all this stuff and kills one or two of them, the lady starts preaching. Some of y'all seen the movie. Starts preaching to the little crowd and after a while, she gains a following. Those that walked in before the miss, Miss Mary Hall didn't believe in God, but after that bootleg preacher started talking about the saving power of Jesus, they started following her. Well, long middle way of the movie, some great big old bugs come out of the air and start busting through the front windows of the grocery store. Flies that's about as big as this, this little shelter we got here. And as the story goes, one of those flies, if you will, flies right up to the bootleg preacher. After she's been talking about God will save you and God will heal you and God will deliver you and God will look after you. She lifts up her hands and she calls on the Lord. And that great big fly Instead of killing her, instead of destroying her, as it was trying to do and did eventually do to others, flew on away from her. Well, Palmer, were you messing around now? You ain't talking no Bible. Yeah, I am, because all of us have had moments when things was coming after us, but our faith in God is what saved us. All of us have had moments where we thought our world was about over and it wasn't nothing left to look for but the cemetery, but God looked out for us. All of us have had moments where we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring, but we lifted our hands and we talked to our Heavenly Father and some way or another not because we were so good not because we were so kind not because we were so gracious but because he saved us he is faithful to those who are faithful to him he allowed that which 
which tried to come and take us out to just fly away. Why don't you blow your horns and give God praise for every struggle that flew away? Why don't you let God know how thankful you are for every time you got in a mistful moment, God allowed that mist to just dissipate and fly away. Why don't you give God glory for every time your faith allowed you to fly over, fly through, fly around, get by stuff that you would normally get by. I'm telling you, you got to have some faith. Now I know, I know what some of y'all saying now. Palmer, are you talking all that because you want us to come back inside? Yeah, I am. Oh, I ain't gonna lie, I want to go back. I'm tired of being out here. I like being outside. But I'm tired of doing this outside. Time to go back in. I miss my pews. I miss walking on my pews. I miss I miss my good PA system. I miss all that. You know, I'm hoarse. I can't get in my right voice. I can't sing no song. And 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 I don't want I don't want to lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. You tired too. You tired sitting in them hot cars. You know winter's coming and you already made up in your mind. I don't care what Palmer Button say. I'm not going to sit in my car and burn no gas, blowing no heat out to keep me warm. And then he expects me to pay my money and pay my tithe and I got to burn my gas. No, we're going back inside. We're going back. But we're not going back the same way we came out. We're going back with more prayer. We're going back with more faith. We're going back believing that God is going to take us to a dimension that we've never been before. We're going back thinking that God is going to lift us and elevate us to a place where we're going to feel something that we've never felt before. We're going back inside in a mindset that when we leave at 1.30, we're going to be able to jump over the mountain, leap over the wall. We're going to be able to conquer whatever comes before us. Why? Because our faith is going to carry us through. Jacob believed in God. Jacob believed that God would keep him and sustain him in this moment. What moment have you been in? What moments in your 54 years? What moments in your 44 years? What what moments in your 63? What moments in your 74? What moments in your 86? What moments in your 94? What moments in your 37? I'm going to get on somebody's car. I'm going to get inside somebody's car. What moments in your 70? What moments in your 26? What moments in your 39? You knocking on 40 door. What moments in your 59 knocking on 60's door but you're going to lie and say you 49 because you look like you're 49. What moments in your life has faith carried you through? You can't make me doubt him because I know I ought to have at least 15 of y'all out here you can't make me doubt him because I don't care what you say about God. I don't care how bad you talk about God. You can't make me doubt him because I've seen what he's done for me. Oh 
Now, this is the catch right here, Anthony. I've seen what it's done for me when I didn't deserve it. I've seen what it's done for me, Clarence, when my faith was not where it is today. I've seen what it's done for me when I wasn't in the right house, right car, right bed, right car, right truck, right home. You missed it. I wasn't where I was supposed to be. But God and his grace, through a little bit of my faith, carried me through. That's not just my testimony. That's y'all's too. So we go back inside. We must believe and have faith in God. But not only that, we're going to really look at this struggle because it is a struggle to have faith. It is a struggle when you see CNN, Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC, PBC, XYZ, Radio, when you, like me, you lay up late at night out looking at social media, looking at the news cycle. Some of it, I got to agree with, with y'all's president, some of it's fake. Some of it ain't real. When you see that, you begin to wonder. Well, Lord, is it really that bad? But I got news for those of y'all that watch the news and watch things and wonder. I want you to start wondering about God. Wonder what he won't do. Wonder why, how he's going to just bring us through. I want you to start focusing on how God is going to turn these things around. All right, you don't believe me? You don't believe he'll turn around? You don't believe he'll do what we need him to do? Look what he's done since March. Look at your life. You still living. You ain't out there. You still breathing. You you don't have nothing in your nostrils helping you breathe. You got up this morning. I wish I could preach like the old preachers. You got up this morning and you bathed yourself. You, as the old preachers say, Quintavion, before you were born, you draped yourself in your own clothes. Then you sit down to your dinner, your breakfast table, and you bowed your head and pinched your nose and, and you had a meal to eat. Then you got up, went down in the garage and started one of three, one of four, one of five cars and drove yourself to the house of prayer. Got here, bowed your head, pinched your nose again, and you looked at your life while church was going on, and you had no other choice but to lift your hand and say, God, I thank you, because through the struggle, you've been good to me. God, I thank you, because every time I've had to wrestle with an enemy, every time I've had to wrestle with a problem, every time I've had to wrestle with a situation, you bought me out. Anybody testimony? Pastor, you're right. I don't know how you knew, but he, he bought me out. I wasn't fit to live. I wasn't fit to die, but he bought me out. I wasn't living worth what the Bible says, but he, he bought me out. Lastly, got to let you go. Lastly, if we're going to get through this struggle of faith, lastly, I need you to understand today Having faith is a struggle because not only do we watch too much secular and don't put our mind on the saving power of God, but it's a struggle because we have not learned how to shift. I want us to see this now in verse 26, and I'm going to let you go home. 
Then the man said, let me go, for it's daybreak. Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you, in other words, I will not cut you loose until you give me what I need. Y'all hear me? Now, I know it's not plain. Let me see if I can't turn this into a Bible study class and make it plain for you. Jacob shows us that there are times when we got to learn how to shift. Palmer, I'm confused, all right? Let me show you. Last week, we talked about prayer. Some of us been praying the same prayer for 30 years. Y'all know what it is. Now let me down to sleep. Y'all getting quiet. I must be in your car. Pray to Lord. My soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray to Lord. My soul to take. You've been saying the same grace over a different meal every day. Because you don't eat the same meal. Y'all only eat leftovers after two days, they're done. So you don't eat the same meal, but you say the same grace. How is your grace the same at age 20 as it is at age 40? All right, I'm going to show you. At age 20, you're not eating lobster and caviar. You're not eating steak. Three and four times a week. You're not eating Oster's Rockefeller at 20. Because you're trying to get out of school. So at 20, I thank God for the $5 bag at Wendy's. God, I thank you for the $5 bag. The bag that I scrambled up change underneath of my seat to pay the lady. And I was two pennies short. And she said, don't worry about it. I got two pennies in the cup. That's the grace I pray at 20. But my grace ought to shift. Wayne Taylor, it ought to shift at age 50 because I ain't eating the same kind of food. And I ought to, because your grace is your thanksgiving unto God for the food you're about to receive. So my grace ought not be, Lord, I thank you. Oh, God, bless this, this Big Mac or bless this $5 bag. But when I turn 50 and I go to Ruth Chris, God, I thank you for the bridges you've brought me over and have now carried me to where I presently enjoy. There has to be a shift. And that's just like it is with our faith. When you're 20 years old, you're not wrestling with the same thing you wrestle with at 50. At 44, what I wrestle with now is not what I wrestle with at 20. What I wrestled with at 20 was trying to figure out what I was going to wear to the Virginia State game on Friday. But at 44, I'm wrestling with how I'm going to pay these taxes. Y'all missed that. At 20, I was wrestling with what, what party, what house party I was going to go to in Lawrenceville and, and what I was going to wear and who I was going to talk to and who I was going to deal with while I was there. But at 44, I'm wrestling with blood pressure pills. 
Somebody gonna catch it after a while. At 20, I was wrestling with what weekend I was gonna come home, see my mama, get back over so I could hang out and party some more. But at 44, I'm trying to make every moment count with her. Y'all follow me what I'm saying? At 20, I was only thinking about how I could get here, there, and everywhere in a short period of time. But at 44, I'm glad to just sit down. And, and that's how it is with faith. Your faith ought to shift as you shift. And you ought to get to a moment like Jacob. I ain't going to cut you loose until you heal my body. I ain't going to cut you loose until you take care of my child. I ain't going to stop dealing with you and worrying you and talking to you until you tell my son what I've been trying to tell him all these many years. I'm not going to stop wrestling with you until you bless me. And your life, in order for that to happen, I'm done. In order for that to happen, you got to shift. You can't live off your 20-year-old faith and you 59. You cannot survive off of a 25-year-old faith and you 74. Because at 74, you can't say, or 20 rather, you can't say what a 74 can say. 74 says... I done seen the lightning flash. And I've heard the thunder roll. I wish I had some 74-year-olds in here. 74-year-olds say, I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus say, still fight on. See, a 20-year-old would have gave up, quit, went on, did something else. But a 74-year-old has the Lord say, I promise you, I will never leave you. Never leave you alone. No, never. Never alone. He promised never to leave me. Anybody got that testimony? Anybody can testify? Palmer, you're right. I've seen some stuff in my life. I've been through some stuff. I've faced some stuff. I've struggled through some stuff. But my faith has carried me. I know faith is a struggle. I know it's hard when you look at the television and you look at the Bible. I know it's hard, but God will still provide. God will still keep you. God will still open doors for you. God will still heal your body. I don't care who becomes president because I ain't got much putting either one I'm doing. I don't care which one gets the office. God is still in charge and God is still on the throne. I trust in God. Wherever I may be, out on the land, out on the stormy sea. Come what may from day to day. My heavenly father. My wheel in the middle of a wheel. 
my rose of Sharon, my, my, my lily of the valley, my mama when mama's gone, my daddy when I don't know who he is, my, 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 my burden bearer, my heavy load Sharon, my barefoot prophet from Jericho, Mary's baby, Daniel's shield. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Ezekiel's dream. Jonah's belly. Matthew's tax collector. Paul's dungeon. Anybody know him? The apostle John's isle on Patmos. Jesus' cross. Anybody know the Lord will be with you when you don't have enough sense to be with yourself if you hold on to God's unchanging hand. If you keep the faith and struggle through what you're going through, God will. God will. I'm done. God will preach, help you preach in five minutes. God will. Help you pay your electric bill. God will. Help you speak to folk that you wouldn't normally speak to. God will. Help you hug folk that you wouldn't normally want to hug. God will. Help you walk in the dark and hear the bad news and come out smiling like ain't nothing wrong. God will. But you got to have faith. You got to believe. You got to trust him. And never doubt. He'll surely. He'll surely bring you out. Anybody know it? Anybody? Anybody believe it? Anybody can testify with me that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. I'm not preaching no foolish stuff here. I want you to understand your faith is the only thing you have now. You can't put your trust social security because they might take that from you. And I'm going to tell y'all something. Don't fool yourself with these Democrats because they just take stuff from you just like them other boys will. They just do it sneaky. You can't put your trust in some doctors and some nurses because everybody doesn't understand. You better find yourself a doctor and a nurse that you know really loves the craft. You can't put your trust in every church because every church ain't preaching Jesus. Some just want to be on a platform. Some just want to be seen. You cannot put your trust sometimes in yourself because sometimes you're your own worst enemy. But I can put my trust in God. I can believe in him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Winds might blow and the rain might come and the storms may, may come and go, but, but I can trust in God. He's my friend. He's my father. He's my all in all. Anybody know it? Anybody willing to testify that he's your all in all? My brothers and sisters, as you get your tithe, Anthony, Wayne, if he feels up to it, Clarence, my twin today, except for the hat. Don't y'all pay no attention to that hat. That hat is not of God. Y'all see what's on that stone? That hat is not of the Lord. I want you to grow your faith. 
I purposely, I strategically asked God to allow me to design this series in such a way that it would fall in place. And so we dealt with prayer last week and we dealt with faith this week because you cannot have faith without prayer. You can't go to the place in faith that I'm talking about going without asking God to take you there. When Ebenezer talks, Sunday conversations with Pastor Milton Bunting.